One, we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right. I hope you're good because you have to tell us now about the Cadillac Lyric Test Drive. Last week, we discussed plenty about this. Uh, the first, well, the first somewhat mass market GM vehicle built uh, using the Yultium platform. Uh, but uh, you were you had an embargo where you couldn't discuss your drive experience. So we focus on the design, the interior, the exterior and whatnot. So tell us how it drives. So it actually drives quite nicely, like uh, as you would expect a Cadillac mm -hmm. and as you would expect from an EV. Mm -hmm. um, the So, you know, as I said last week, uh, the the timeline for the Lyric was moved up uh, six or start nine months, almost a year. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of the features were kind of not done. You know, there's no heads up display. There's no all wheel drive. And that that's kind of a, a big caveat here. Uh, so the rear wheel drive is 300 horsepower. It's no slouch, but uh, it's a big car, heavy battery, 100, over 100 kilowatt hour battery. So that 300 some horsepower gets the Cadillac uh, Lyric zero to 60 in about six seconds. That's not super fast, especially for an EV. So um, and and it felt that way. You know, it felt kind of like a, a Bolt EV kind of an acceleration. Not bad but not like uh, a premium car. Do you still get um, the, like the, the feel of the torque, the EV torque that you get at the, at the beginning of the release? For sure. It's, it's yeah. not a slouch. There's no like waiting for the gear to drop. It's not mm -hmm. softened up. Like it's just the curve, much. the curve to get up to like 60 to 60 miles per hour is pretty, uh, is slower than what you would expect in a Tesla, for example. Right. And, but and Cadillac has never been, has never been known for their performance anyway. Uh, no, but they they should be faster than a mm -hmm. typical vehicle. And mm -hmm. so if you are, you know, if you're a Cadillac customer, but you want a little bit of speed, wait for the all-wheel drive version. That adds another 150 horsepower um, to the car and gets the 0 to 60 down a little over a second more. So I think it's in the high fours, low fives, something like that. Um, we didn't get to test drive that because those aren't available yet. The reason those aren't available yet is because uh Cadillac used the GMC Hummer. You know, the GMC Hummer has three 300 or 300 something horsepower motors. They used one of those for the back, the rear wheel drive. So you basically have a third of a Hummer EV in this car, which is crazy when you think about it. Mm. But, um, you know, my question is, why not just use another one? Like have two... Mm. 300 horse you get almost 700 horsepower yeah but that, that that's that's like performance car level i don't think that's what right. they're going for with that when they they kind of most automakers that go with all-wheel drive and for for this kind of market they, they even put like a hundred kilowatt motor in the front normally they don't go uh they, they don't go any bigger than that right so uh you have to wait a little bit and there's going to be a 150 uh kilowatt motor or oh. horsepower motor so Added nice. together, you're talking about a 500 something horsepower. That's a that's a pretty speedy car. Um, so you're not gonna you're not gonna be any slouch there. Um, but what you know what's great about a Cadillac is that it's you know if you're into a soft luxurious ride, this is the car. Um, you know, driving around, uh, I was with uh, our video guy Mikey. And we were just like kind of in awe of like how soft the ride was. The turning was like 
super soft. We'd go over speed bumps and it was just like, it just ate them up. So, you know, the, the super soft suspension, if you're a Cadillac person, that's what you love. Even better though, even like on another level was the, the road noise. Like there was almost no road noise because not only, you know, is the Cadillac, you know, kind of over insulated everywhere, but um, they actually have active noise canceling. Um, and they have speakers in the headrest, like right next to your. Oh, they ears, are in there in rest. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, so um, it's just like otherworldly, kind of disconcertingly quiet, and you can still hear, you know, cars coming by, horns honking, you know, like regular things that you need to to hear. But as far as like road noise, when you're just driving down an empty road, it's like disconcertingly quiet. It's kind of like uh, if you descend or descend too quickly in an airplane and your, your ears are kind of plugged. It kind of feels like, like that, like things that normally you, you can expect to hear, you don't hear. So and then you get, you open the door and it's, it feels like your ears unplugged when you get out of an airplane or something. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's like your, your ears are over adjusting mm -hmm. for like not hearing anything. So everything's louder. So for people who like quiet, soft rides, it's hard to recommend anything higher than this thing. It's, it's just super great. Um, you know, and, and the, the build quality is really solid all around. Mm -hmm. So like there was no rattling. I mean, you know, a couple months down the road, maybe something else happens. I don't know, but you know, these cars that they get, they gave us were super tight, like all around. Uh, do you know what, what I'm looking at here? That looks like the gallery. Oh, that, yeah. So that's the, uh, GM, uh, hydrogen power uh chargers so they're like 70 kilowatts and i was excited i was like all right we're gonna go find an electrify america and charge this thing up well there was no electrify americas in um salt lake well there is one in salt lake but we were across the mountain in park city and we didn't have enough time they, it was actually quite a quick drive like i got there one morning and we left the following night so there was only like one night of you know yeah, real, real a... driving Yeah, it's a quick one. They also so what, do you know what I'm looking at here on the screens? What are they doing there? Uh, that is, uh, oh shoot, I forgot what that was. It was part of the um, new upper lower. Oh man, I forgot what that was. I I I totally remember doing this. It might have been the sound profile. But custom, no, customize upper and lower. Customize what? The sound? No, oh, it might have been. What that's the right button? I don't know. That might have been the drive or the sound. I'll have to mm. check my yeah, notes. Yeah, that's the that's a weird interface. Like, uh, yeah, it is. They have a nice interior. Like the the screen. Uh, yeah, yeah I really extend from the instrument cluster into the like the center display. Yeah, I really love the uh, display. Um, it's it uses Android for Auto, so you get a you know Google Maps built in. Plus, you can use CarPlay and Android Auto from your phone um that was a little buggy but they said they were two releases behind the main release on this one for stable again they're you know they're nine months early on releasing this thing so they weren't expecting to have to release this for another nine months and uh some things are coming via ota like uh super cruise like there's no super cruise on this mm -hmm. um it, it'll come in a, by the end of the year so 
The steering wheel looks a bit busy for me. Like there's like six buttons plus two scrolls on one side, two scroll, four buttons on the other side. It is a little busy. Yeah. You know, I would probably not use the stuff below, but you know, we'll get used to it, I guess. Uh, what's kind of interesting. It, if you look back at that screen, um, there's a, uh, where, where like the ashtray would have been in a, you know, Eldorado from 20 years ago, there's like a little jewel box. Like you pull it out and I, I guess you put your, your like jewelry in there or something. But, okay. uh, and then of course the glove box, you, you know, like Cadillac has all these buttons and knobs everywhere. Mm. They don't really, but there's, you know, buttons and knobs to open the glove box. You got to go too deep into the, uh, the menu on the screen. You know, I thought that was kind of amusing because, you know, everybody gives Tesla a crap for being, yeah. you know, like the wipers and the glove box or something you have to find on the screen. Well, here's Cadillac, and they have all these really nice premium dials and buttons everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nothing for the glove box. So, all right, I see a few questions about the car coming in. Mm-hmm. What is the range and the battery size? So the battery size is a 102 kilowatt hours. Uh, it's do you know uh, if that's usable or if that's uh, overall capacity? I think that's usable um, okay. because that's uh, GM's Altium. Uh, you know, they have them in like 51, 102, and the Hummer EV is uh, 204, mm-hmm. which is crazy, by the way. Like, <laughs> There's two of these like huge battery packs. Anyway, um, the range on the two-wheel drive version is uh, a little over 300 miles, I think 312. And then um, the all-wheel drive version will be a little under 300 miles. Now the big question. Okay. One thing that I love about the Bolt so GM is the range calculation. The estimates are pretty good. Like they're they're, they're better than Tesla. In my limited mm-hmm. experience that I have with the Bolt, you have a lot more experience. And I think you would agree with that. Yep. Uh, do you think that's tra- that's going to transfer to the to, to the Lyric with the new Altium platform? Absolutely. I think yeah. uh, they, they just don't know how to uh, embellish as as well. I guess <laughs> like they just. Uh, you know, it says 312 miles when you when you hop in the car, and you know you go 30 miles, and it says, you know, 280. So good math, good math. <laughs> thank you. I mean, this was in Park City, and it was a nice day. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The, I mean, Tesla says that they're improving that stuff too, so they they are trying to uh, improve that with the aviation, with the with temperature and all that. But uh, I've yet to see an impact on my own driving because I do the same roads all the time and. Oh boy, do I get like 20, 30% difference? Easy, sometimes 50. Oh, okay. You yeah. see the, the speakers here on the, you can actually see them in the headrest. Yeah. Those are the speakers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I mean, the, cool. the quality of the materials all around is really nice. You can see that is like kind of jewelly, like there's mm-hmm. sparkly, whatever things. Maybe that's not jewel my box? style. That's the jewel box. Yeah. Wow. What's, what's, what's the material, the blue material inside? Is it it's, I don't know. Or? It's like a, yeah. No, it's rubber? like a soft rubber. Yeah. Oh, okay. And also the dashboard is like a soft rubbery thing as well. Feels more premium than like the mm. plastic on a bolt, for instance. The the roof is really beautiful though. The yeah. all glass roof. And it's got a uh, shade that you can just push a button. The a seats are also legit. Yeah, everything. You got all and you have massaging yeah. chairs if you want that. That was kind of weird. Yeah, I tried those in the Audis. Have pretty good ones. Uh, that what's the dial for? Is that like a GM style dial? I hope not. Yeah, uh, BMW style. 
It's, it's for the uh, if you don't want to touch the screen, you can oh, get out of here. Get yeah. out of here with that. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice uh, little scroll yeah, that, for the fans. And the, the quality is really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just in the Rivian um, again, and you know, you have to use the screen to like, you know, put the vents up and down. And I was, I was like, man, why don't they just do what Cadillac did? Like, mm. build a nice manual. Like, you never need a screen to change the vents when you just know exactly what to do and uh anyway. this is my key in the in, in the back my key is like what like a six foot tall yep yeah look at it, it looks like you have plenty of head, head room lots of room uh, and then lots of foot room as well i think part mm. of that is because this is going to be big in china mm. they're building this in china as well mm-hmm. and uh in china the cadillac customer is typically driven around by somebody so they're they're hanging out in the back mm-hmm and but unfortunately that's also why there's not going to be a three row version of this because the the back seat is pulled back a little bit more than you would need right. for a third sorry uh, i was looking at the questions i'm not from do you know what he means but do the chargers show up on the screen like in a tesla what does that mean oh okay uh, uh, oh, the navigation. navigation oh okay yeah yeah, just... yeah so it uses uh, uh google maps and and you can have that as well yeah google maps have integrated everything from uh from like all the big ones, so so that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, how much will Super Cruise be? Uh, do we know? Like they they are probably the same price because they're already available on the other other Cadillacs. Uh, yeah, I I don't remember what it's going to cost, but you can pick it. I mean, all all the Cadillac lyrics will have the hardware to do Super Cruise. So, uh, you know, I actually I think they might all come with it. I. I should find out, but um, I don't As know. As a if standard, it's, yeah, I think so. Well, that'd be uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I know, like a CT6, I think already has it. Uh, a few of the gasoline power Cadillacs. Uh, yeah, the Escalade uh, had it too. All right, do we have anything to add on the Cadillac Lyric? No. Overall, overall, car. give it give it a quick score, like a quick score for like it's just uh, a one day test, right? It's not a full review. Uh, let's be honest. Let's, let's be so I I would not buy this one. I would wait for yeah. the 2023, 2024 yeah. version. And I would definitely with, get with the, the, the drill motors. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think that uh, sends the message. All right, uh, let's uh, let's jump into some news item. Yesterday, I went to the Trois Rivières Airport to see the first Tesla Model S Plaid uh, achieve 200 miles per hour. So, if you're if you're not familiar with Tesla's claims about the Model S Plaid, uh, the uh, they were when they first released it, they said that it was going to reach 200 miles per hour. But when they actually delivered it, it was stuck at 163 miles per hour, which is uh, uh, 262 kilometers an hour. So still extremely fast, obviously, but not what they promised. Later on, Tesla unveiled, uh, released a track mode that was earlier this year. Uh, it's the same thing that they released for the, the Model 3 performance, but the new version. So it plays with uh, the cooling inside the vehicle, suspension. Well, not, not in the case of the Model 3, but in the case of the Model S, that they have uh, active dampening in the, in the air suspension that they can play with. So it, uh, it activates that. And it also unlocks some more top speed for the vehicle, 175 miles per hour, 282 kilometers an hour. But that was it. That's, uh, they, they didn't uh, do anything else since. So there's been some speculation as to why uh, they're doing that. The, at first, when they released the 200 miles per hour, they said it, it's going to require some 
upgrades to, to make it happen. Some hardware upgrades, but it didn't go in details in, into what that's going to be. Uh, last year, late last year, Tesla released this uh, ceramic brake, this carbon ceramic brake package at $20,000. So it looks like that might be the, the, though they don't make it clear if on the package, they don't, uh, for, for the, the, the brakes, they don't say that that's going to unlock 200, 200 miles per hour. But you, you certainly, it's not a luxury if you're trying to reach 200 miles per hour. That's one thing, and it's impressive to do. But braking at 200 miles per hour is another very important thing that you need to, to do. And uh, I, I, as far as I know, they haven't delivered that. Uh, those you, you can pre-order them since last year, but I don't, I don't think they have delivered them yet. So as, there's no car, Model S Plaid, or any Tesla vehicle really that has reached 200 miles per hour yet. Except for this Model S Plaid in Trois Rivières yesterday, so it's the the people at uh, Ingenex. If you, you you might remember them, we reported on them before because uh, the uh, uh, they've been building these modules that you can plug into your Teslas that basically bypass some of the software limitation that Tesla puts on the car. Uh, more famously, they did one that do basically what uh, Tesla's. Uh, like 50 horsepower boost that they do on the Model 3s and the Model Y that uh, unlocks some more power in the dual motors. And like you shave, I don't know, maybe a half a second in, in a 0 to 60. Uh, they offer that for like cheaper than Tesla does. <laughs> and uh, and also they have a few other features that they can unlock to, to that system. But they really specialize in, in, in understanding Tesla's uh, software limitation and, and bypassing those to give owners the full power of their cars with of course a lot of uh, disclaimers in terms of uh, like okay, you're, you're, there's there's some reason sometimes where there are software limitation in terms of protecting the hardware and I'm talking about the powertrain here so everything from the battery pack to the motors um, but yeah I mean but Nginx that, that's what they do they like to push things to their limits and uh, they are like the the, the adopt this this idea of this this is your car you can do whatever you want with it within of course limits of safety and th- this was a very safe event that like they literally shut down the airport for a half an hour so that they they can do the the run everything was done very safely they even had the uh a reservist um, fireman there that worked for Nginx that came out with his suit <laughs> to, to be sure in case the battery pack catches on fire i was and- going to say it like that that a lot could go wrong there. I mean, the t- the tires. I think one of the commenters is asking, like, were they rated for that kind of speed? But like- yeah, they, they did. So the the only two hardware changes that they did was uh, new tires. So they went with a super pallet uh, uh, from Michelin. So that even higher than the highest grade that Tesla offers. I don't know if they are rated for tire miles power, but it's as close as they get uh, for like street tires. And uh, and then uh, they, since they couldn't get access to Tesla's uh, carbon ceramic brakes, they went with a uh, mountain pass that uh, sells a much bigger rotor that you can get for your brakes. So so they add the bigger brakes and um, and and the, uh, the 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 better tires. So, but that's not really to reach that that kind of speed. It's to be able to brake and to slow down the car safely after I reach that. And they had tried to do it a few weeks ago. I was supposed to go, but it's, uh, timing didn't work. Uh, at another airport, uh, but a much smaller airport. I think the I think the runway was like a kilometer long or something like that, or maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, they could accelerate. They, they they got I think they got two hundred and six kilometers an hour, which is what. Uh, around 180, I want to say, 180 miles per hour. So higher than the limit that Tesla has, but they couldn't, they couldn't go faster than that. And of course, they wanted what they wanted was the, the 200 miles per hour mark, uh, 330 kilometers an hour. And there they had a three-kilometer-long 
uh, runway. So the idea was you accelerate over about two kilometers, and then you have uh, over uh, around a kilometer to to slow down. Uh, six thousand feet, about six thousand feet to slow down, actually. And uh, they they needed all of those six thousand feet. So Guillaume Andre, the CEO of uh, of Agenex, just launched the car. And uh, he launched it though. Like uh, there was a draggy video that he released, but the draggy video is not that useful because he didn't actually gun it. So it's not like you get the best uh, zero to sixty acceleration quarter mile of it. He still did like a ten second quarter mile, which is insane. But you can actually do a better quarter mile with the stock Mall S. That's not what he was trying to achieve. He was trying to slowly, gradually increase the speed to reach that task, but not not slowly uh, accelerate because you have the limitation again of the runway. But yeah, that was it. Was impressive. Like you should watch the video. I posted it on the uh, Electrics YouTube. The sound, the sound that the car makes when it passes you, it sounds like a jet is is trying to fly off. And it actually, it actually takes off faster than some jets speed they achieve to to take off the ground. That's crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. And um, yeah, they, not only they beat two hundred miles per hour, they actually reached two hundred and sixteen miles per hour, which is uh, three. Uh, What's 216? Uh, put it somewhere in there. In kilometers? Yeah. People are always on me. If I just do the if I just do the miles per hour, people get on me about the kilometers. Damn, I didn't put it. Uh Sly is in the comments. He says 306, but I don't no, know. No, 306 is uh uh what they reached uh last time. It's uh, 350. Yeah, it's, it's it's I think it's just short of 350. It's three like forty eight. But I, I don't know if it, like the, the sound is gonna work here if I do it. Uh, I guess. Yeah, the sound you you won't hear it as well. It's not gonna work. Yeah, just go to the video. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, after that, so two hundred and sixteen, and he could he was still going up to like there's more power in there, not that much, but he felt like he needed to to slow down because he had to like put everything. The regen, uh, by the way, you don't have any regen. I think hundred and eighty or something. He started getting an alert that you won't get any regen, which is uh, kind of a good <laughs> good thing to know, by the way. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, there's say I think at like one. Uh, 90, 186, 190, the odometer goes red. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're not supposed to be at that kind of speed. Right. I didn't know that, but that was cool. And Was he um, considering like a parachute or anything? No. <laughs> he he kind of have a flat parachute came up. He was going so fast that the air pressure on the car opened up the charge port. And you know the charge port on the Model S? It's not an up one. It's the side right. one. So, so it did a little flap on the side to slow it down. I was afraid that, this, that the thing would just snap off, but it didn't. Um, yeah, and then he, he drove the, the car right back to us. We were like in the middle of the strip. Uh, it was me, uh, uh, a local news cameraman, and a, a few of the guys from Nginx. And the the sound of the cooling of the motors and the battery pack was in. I've never, I've heard some like, in the heat of the summer, after pushing the car like a little bit hard, like it is quite a sound that the cooling system of a Tesla vehicle does. But I've never heard it like that. It was it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point, like they really they, they pushed it their limit. There was some concern, obviously, about like okay, that this, we're not supposed to push it that hard. Uh, but the, the the car took it, and then Guillaume drove it home after that, like no problem. And um, and yeah, at this point, it's it's going to be the battery pack that, that that's going to be the limit. He says he, they cannot pull any more amperage from, from the battery pack than that; otherwise, it's it's going to blow up. Um, did he did he like note? I guess you could see in the uh, video, but like how many kilowatts was it pulling at the end? 
Oh, that's a good question. Actually, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, it, it has to be to the limits of the motors. I, I know, I, I know that uh, they reach, I think, twenty three thousand RPMs on the motors. Oh my gosh! Which is, uh, I know, I, we know that the limit is twenty five thousand with the carbon wrapped motors that the Molas has, but the, uh, the, it was, it was crazy. Like, this is, this is as fast as I've ever seen a, uh, like a, I want to. I don't know if you can say production car drive, but it is technically like a production car. It's just that they, they bypassed the software. Like it was a software limitation. Um, but I would I would like to see like some because the car is completely stuck. Like no uh, weight le- reduction made. Like if you you have some people that like to do like weight reduction in their car, like remove the front, remove the back seat, something like that. Like drag times. Yeah. There's uh, there's something to do with that for sure. Like if uh, or like uh, you take uh, unplugged performance's dark helmet that they race at Pike Peaks. And uh, you put, and you put that software in, in, into it or, or that module that bypasses the software limitation, and you'd have a, a, a very a crazy electric race car right there. But yeah, that was cool. You can uh, the Nginx is not selling that module just yet, and I don't know if it's a good idea to put that in the no, hands it's... of the customer. But but uh, I mean, if you have the, the car already has insane performance, so you have to be careful with it anyway. But that was uh, that was a cool thing that happened yesterday. Um, all right, uh, moving on to Gigafactory Texas. We've been trying to get an idea of the rent in Gigafactory Texas. And actually, I got two good sources this week that gave me a better idea, though it was almost too good to believe, really. Uh, the, um, the, we, we thought that there, but, but also there is an explanation for it that sort of, uh, it's not that fun, but it, it, uh, it, it, it helps understand it. We thought that Berlin was doing better than than Texas, and it might have been until like very recently, really, uh, doing better, Be, because Berlin doesn't have to have forty six eighty battery cells; they just have to have uh, the twenty one seventy. They don't use a structural battery pack system, uh, or at least not, not as, as an extensive one as the the one that they use in in Gilford, Texas. So they achieve a thousand vehicle a week, like a few weeks ago, and they've been ripping up since. Texas, we have not heard anything until now. We know that there were some cars were coming up. We know that there was higher availability earlier this month with Tesla opening up to uh, new inventory, sending some of the cars to an inventory. But now what they did is actually launched the Model Y long range at the factory too. And we couldn't confirm it physically, but I had two customers reaching out saying, confirming to me that uh, they were told by Tesla that their cars had the 2170 cells. So Tesla started building them with 2170 cells. And it would make sense because the, the the car matches the specs of the Model Y long range that Tesla builds in Fremont that also has 2170 cells. Uh, but How were they able to confirm that they had 2170s? Uh, they, like I said, it's not confirmed. It's just the, Tesla told them. Like the... Oh, the okay. Like uh, when when they accepted the to, to take the car from uh, Gigafactory Texas instead of the car that they ordered from Fremont, they were told like it, it's basically the same car. It has the twenty one seventy cells, the same design as the Fremont one. It's just yeah, yeah that. So I mean the information that we that that customers get from Tesla advisor is not always right because Tesla's own internal communication with advisor is not always good. But this is the best we got right now. Uh, now separately, what though. This is probably the cause. It apparently let Tesla ramp up production significantly. So I thought that for sure they achieved around at least a thousand units. But I had two sources that tell me that it, at least a couple thousand units. And one source was as high as saying that it was up to 5,000 units. Though it couldn't confirm the actual production rate. You could, you could just confirm that Tesla is making that amount of units available for deliveries every week right now. So, hmm. uh, 
it might be a buildup. So it's not a production rate; it's like a delivery rate, really. Really, but uh, uh, that uh, that's on. But it's at least in the couple thousand now. Whether is it sustainable or was it a boost that this did for the end of the quarter? Because uh, that, that that report is from like three days ago. Uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, it's, it, it definitely helped with with the help of the, uh, the end of the quarter, which we should have some information about. Uh, I, I would assume tomorrow. Even though it's uh, well, maybe I don't know how the long weekend is going to affect it, but Tesla nobody doesn't care about that. Uh, so I would assume that we're going to get those numbers tomorrow morning. And uh, the estimation, by the way, are all over the place. Like I've seen, uh, I've seen the lows are probably around two fifty, I think, and uh, I've seen people closer to three hundred. But I think what do you, most what do you think the break even point is? Uh, I think like probably 260 is baked in. If uh, Tesla can be can be like closer to 270, that 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 would be good. Uh, lower than that, lower than that would probably be a hard on the stock. Though the stock hasn't been doing good this week either. Yeah. All right, and uh, even if uh, they are ramping up at uh, Gigafactory Texas, they're also expanding it. Uh, we learned today that uh, Tesla filed for a new permit. For the description is all above ground piping and underground plumbing for GA2 and uh, GA2 GA and three expansions, uh, 500 square foot. So it's a new building that they are putting the ground piping and underground plumbing for. That's going to be a half a million square foot. And uh, GA2 two, uh, and three, that, that generally means a general, uh, general assembly, uh, two and three. So there's going to be two gen- new general assembly lines. We don't know for what cars. Uh, if they are just now starting to break ground on a new building, uh, I, I would assume that it's going to be for a, a new vehicle. Like when I say new vehicle, not not the Model Y. Uh, maybe you know, it could be Model Three. We know that Tesla wants to build Model Three there too. But there's also Cybertruck, there's Tesla Semi, there's the new Robo Taxi that uh, they've been talking about. So we don't know. But uh, there's, I think there's four point. Two million, just over four million square feet right now at this giant mile-long building that they have there. Uh, so uh, uh, half a million feet more—it's it's a big addition. And that's not that, and that's not just even the, the only building there. That this is also building the, the cattle manufacturing building uh, uh, a little uh, is it north? I think northeast of there. Uh, so this the the, the Gigafactory Texas site is going to be just massive. Which is why I, I was intrigued by Volkswagen CEO Herbert Diaz' comment this week. So there's been a lot of talk lately about Volkswagen catching up to Tesla. Uh, yeah. It was uh, it was Diaz himself who first started the, the, that by by saying that they're gonna Volkswagen's gonna catch catch up to, to Tesla's electric uh, vehicle sell by 2025. And then Bloomberg came out with their own report. Claiming that they're going to be they're going to, they're going to do it even faster. It's going to be in 2024 in just two years, and they had this uh, like projection of how the the sales are going to justify that that claim. So Bloomberg thinks that even Volkswagen is being conservative with their with, with their prospect, which they don't have an history of being conservative about their nope. electric vehicle prospect. I think I remember in 2018 they claimed that they were going to they they wouldn't they no I think. Yeah, in 2016, they claimed that 2018, they're going to be the leader in electric vehicles. And then right. in 2018, they, they claimed that it's going to be by 2020. And of course, Tesla beat them by a wide margin again. Um, and now he said uh, this week that um, he said that uh, the, the their, their current cost improvements and the subsiding uh, chip shortage is going to help them narrow the gap 
with Tesla. Uh, and then he said that, uh, he, he said Elon, but I assume he meant like Tesla. Like just, a lot of people do that these days. They just like say like Elon Musk is Tesla as a whole. It's weird. They said Elon has to ram two highly complex factor, factory in Austin and I'll just say Grunheiden. Let's say, just let's say just Berlin. Say Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> it's Berlin. Uh, at the same time, as well as expand production in Shanghai, that's going to take straight strength out of them. And he said he said that in the context of catching up to Tesla, which that I completely don't understand. Because yes, Volkswagen is also like they are. Uh, I don't know. I don't. They're not building as much new factories, but they are uh, very willing to convert their existing factory to electric vehicle production. Uh, they've done that in Zyko. They, they, they are doing it in, in Chattanooga. Uh, they, they are sure a great willingness to do that, which I think is great. But uh, I think Austin and Berlin are giant assets for Tesla. They're not a weakness in, in, in catching up. Tesla already has a giant lead of like, I think like close to a million vehicle per year production over, over Volkswagen. Uh, once they ramp up both Berlin and Texas, like the, I think the lead is going to be greater not smaller uh, of course yeah right now it's weakening tesla in the terms that it's costing them billions of dollars until they can ramp up production but it's almost assuming that they won't be able to do that which i don't i don't know unless he thinks that okay that chip shortage is subsiding for volkswagen but not for tesla um which to be fair elon has made comments about he thinks that the chip shortage is still going to be a problem at least toward uh, until the end of the year but I think, like by the end of next year, I, I I'm very confident, and I'm known to be somewhat conservative about Tesla. I'm very confident that both Berlin and and, and Austin are going to achieve a greater. I I think an exit rate at the end of 2023 greater than half a million cars a year, and uh, that's adding half a million, adding a full million of capacity, while also looking to double Shanghai. And to increase Fremont by uh, at least two hundred thousand units a year, so Tesla really has the opportunity of probably had one point five million units capacity through the next year, like maybe even exiting twenty twenty three with two point five million, sorry, vehicle capacity production. I'm not even counting Cybertruck in there because I like if Elon right now says that Cybertruck is going to be starting production around mid twenty twenty three. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's like more than a few thousand Cybertruck delivered by the end of uh, of next year. DS is pronounced D's. Is that how you pronounce D's? D E Z. D's nuts. Yep. <laughs> Herbert D's. Okay, that's the first time I've heard it like Herbert that. Herbert D's then... is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that comment, is definitely nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, on the high level, on the high level, there, like he's saying that Tesla can't ramp faster than VW, but like mm. they're they're ramping as fast as humanly possible. Tesla yeah. is, and VW is not quite as fast. So I don't what's 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 going to speed them up and slow Tesla down. Mm-hmm. Don't really see that. Yeah, I mean, I I think Volkswagen is the most aggressive legacy automakers to convert their production capacity into electric vehicles. I just I I just haven't seen from them like a a, a project on the scale of Gigafactory Texas or, or even Berlin. Uh, it's 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 hard to underestimate the over. Uh, 
overestimate, I guess, the, 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 the size of those factories. Like, they are giant. Yeah. Like, you can use all those adjectives. Giant, massive, monster. Yeah, superlative, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. All right, we got some numbers on the deal uh, between, uh, well, I guess it's not really between Tesla, but uh, between Uber and Ertz to supply Tesla vehicles to Uber drivers. So if you've been following that, it came it came from last year when Ertz announced that they ordered 100,000 Model 3s. It turns out it's 100,000 Model 3s and Model Ys. Uh, then they announced that 50,000 of, of those cars are going to be reserved for Uber drivers to rent them through uh, a new program between Ertz and Uber. And that's going to include, like, you, you rent it and it includes uh, insurance and uh, maintenance and service and everything uh, in that for at $334 a week, everything included. Uh, so they're going to make 50,000 of them available over the next year. And uh, they have an option for 50,000 more, I think, if uh, if the program is successful. And Uber gave an update on the program. Uh, Andrew McDonald, Uber's senior vice president of the mobility and business operation, uh, said that uh, already 15,000 Uber drivers have uh, rented this vehicle to the program. And uh, they didn't say, like, uh, out of how many available. I would assume that's pretty close to everything that was available because I... Uh, I would be surprised if uh, Hertz is nowhere near like fifty thousand units uh, overall to their entire fleet delivered yet. Like that was a, a point of contention when they announced that purchase. That Tesla, they said like we're gonna get all those cars by the end of twenty twenty three, and Tesla was like, uh, what? Uh, even twenty twenty two, man. I think by the end of twenty twenty two, Tesla was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, fifteen thousand drivers have already rented. They have been uh, they already driven over forty million electric miles. Uh, some drivers are saying they're saving as much as $160 a week. So if uh, it costs you $330 uh, to, to rent it, already like half of that uh, money is covered just by gas savings. And then they also reports earning more uh, from both. Uh, you get $1 more per mile uh, driving electric for each trip. Doesn't sound that much, but a lot of Uber trips are pretty are pretty short. It's like a lot of Uber trips are like 10, 15 minutes, so like just a dollar more on that. Uh, that makes a big difference. Uh, then uh, there's the new Comfort Electric that also pay more, but it also costs more to customers. So I don't know how many customers are actually ordering that Comfort Electric. Uh, though it's kind of like an alternative. But it's, it's, it's not just the fact that you are, you're being environmentally conscious and by ordering a Comfort Electric Uber instead of Uber X. Uh, it's also just a little bit more luxury because you get a Tesla vehicle or a Polestar. Polestar is also starting to get in, introduced in that program. Uh, but yeah, so they can learn more. And they say that they are getting more uh, tips, though. That, that I'm not that surprised. So that makes sense. So you, they're making more money with, with the car. Uh, they released some data in terms of uh, 90% of the drivers renting a Tesla towards are driving uh, electric on the Uber platform for the first time. So it's really like most people are just, it, it's it's working in terms of adding electric vehicle to the Uber platform. So that's a good thing. Uh, 92% of them now say that they are considering purchasing electric vehicles since participating in the program. So that's a good idea. Maybe you just want to rent it for a few weeks. See if it works for you because at three hundred and thirty-four dollars a week, like I'm sure that Hertz is making some money off of that. So you, if if you have good credit and you you, you can afford it, uh, it might make sense to outright buy one and uh, and uh, uh, use it as a as a Uber yourself. Uh, you're probably gonna make some more money with that, I would assume. 
so it's a good way to to get people to see if uh, it works for them. Like, of course, you need uh, you need charging solutions and, and everything like that. But um, yeah, I think it's a very good decision. Yeah, it's a great time to try this stuff out with gas prices mm-hmm. being so high. Uh, yeah. The the difference is probably even more pronounced than it would be normally. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you know, with customers tipping higher as well, it seems like a win win for everyone. Yeah, we posted on the website all of the cities where uh, where this is available right now for Uber drivers. So if uh, if you drive Uber, go check it out. It's like you know, thirty U.S. cities. I think it's just in the U.S. for now, as far as I know. All right, this is pretty cool. Uh, there's a bunch of Tesla Mega Packs on the way to Hawaii. On the way of uh, Wahoo, I think is the yeah Wahoo. 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 Sorry, I'm my Polynesian. Sorry. Uh, Hawaiian is not very good. So uh, this this project called the Kalupi, no, Kapoli Energy Storage uh, Facility, uh, it's called KES. Uh, it's a pretty big project, 185 megawatts of power output, 565 megawatt hour of capacity, so like half of gigawatt of energy capacity, 158 megapacks. It's going to replace the very last coal plant in Hawaii, in the state of Hawaii. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the plant is used to stabilize the grid with uh, maintaining grid frequency. So the Tesla, the Tesla, uh, I, this, I wrote this article and so many people gave me comments of like, it's not really replacing the coal plant. Batteries don't create energies. Man, man, man. Like coal plant <laughs> at least produce energy. We, and everyone knows that. And, and you don't, you don't, and then a battery don't magically create energy. But, a bunch of coal power. There's a ton of renewable energy on Hawaii to start with. Like they have the renewable energy to to to, to power Hawaii. It's just it's not stable. Obviously, the sun doesn't shine all the time, wind, uh, and everything. So having batteries to control uh, when you can discharge, the, you can recharge it with the renewables when you have excess renewable and discharge it when you want. That alone can take care of some capacity. But on top of it, some power plants like this particular coal power plants was used to maintain grid frequency. And Tesla Powerwall, because of their quick discharge capacity, are great for that. So they're going to replace that capacity with that. And uh, in September 2022, they're going to kill that last remaining coal power plant. And they are, they are right now uh, installing those mega packs to, uh, to, to be operational by that time. So I thought that was pretty cool. All right, we have a few more news items to discuss. We're already 42 minutes in, but uh, and then we're going to try to get some more questions. And I see, I see there's a bunch of other questions already that wasn't related to the Cadillac that we, we talked about uh, earlier. But any kind of question, you can put it in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them in, uh, in a, just uh, a few minutes. Uh, all right, so the Hyundai Ionic 6 got unveiled this week. Uh, it's kind of the first sedan that's using the um, new uh, Hyundai electric vehicle platform that powers the Ionic 5. And a few other uh, vehicle coming uh, from the Korean automaker. So, what do you think uh, in terms of the design? A lot of people are seeing like Porsche kind of feel. Yeah, EQS as well. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I like it because it's different, and it's like it use you know it's a smart use of design to bring a low uh, coefficient of drag. Mm-hmm. Like those two things, the back—I don't know—it's just a little weird to me. But yeah, 
The front, so, like the the front is, uh, it, it is cool looking, very aggressive. Uh, headlights, a strong statement. Uh, no fake grill whatsoever. Just like very like new like design, electric vehicle wise. Uh, then so I assume the sides are for the aerodynamic, and then they try to match the back with that. And uh, yeah, I mean this angle is pretty good, right? Yeah. On the side, side profile looks good. Oof, yeah, uh, almost like a beetle kind of feel yeah, to it at times. Like a huh? stretched out beetle or something. Yeah, exactly, stretched out beetle uh, because of the roundness. To, oh, sorry, because of the roundness to it, I guess. Let's make a, a big difference. I think it's fine. Like I don't, I don't think anybody needs to worry about this car being popular. I think it's going to do do well. Yeah, well, it still it, has- it's distinctive. Is the thing, and it still has all the the benefits of uh, that you see in the Ionic Five, which is a pretty good range uh, vehicle to vehicle to anything, uh, dual bidirectional charging capacity, uh, very good uh, charge rate, uh, not just the top charge rate, but the actual drive, charge cycle. Uh, what is it like five to eight and thirty minutes? Five to eighty percent in thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, no, it's eighty, it's 80 like minutes. Eighty, 80, 80 minutes, minutes. Yeah. Eighty minutes. Basically, a full charge in thirty minutes. Uh yeah yeah you're you uh, we don't know anything about the pricing yet uh, uh when are they releasing that car? I think next year. Uh, yeah, next year would make sense. Yeah, depends yeah. on the pricing. Uh, do you expect something close to the Ionic Five in terms of price, or something a little bit more expensive? I would say a little bit more expensive. I I would say starting starting in the fifties for rear wheel drive. Hmm. Because it's not like uh, I mean, do we have any? And uh, we have some interior pictures here. Looks somewhat similar to uh, to the five. Yeah, and that that shows it with the uh, the rear view cams. Yeah, the the side mirrors side. are replaced by the rear, the side cameras instead. Yeah, I mean that looks cool, but it's not uh, it's not even legal here yet. Speaking of those colors, I remembered, and somebody helped me in the comments, what that thing was for the the Cadillac, the color wheel thing. Mm-hmm. That was for the interior lights. Ah, okay. You have LEDs light. across the interior? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool, too. Can only see them in the dark, though, so I didn't make any videos of it. Oh. They didn't let us in at, at the dark. We, yeah. They had already get, given us drinks, so <laughs> no driving for us. All right, another car that was well, no, it wasn't on Ville this week. It was kind of announced this week with some teasers. Is the Draco Dragon? Uh, I like the name. The name is pretty cool, Draco Dragon. And uh, if you don't remember Draco, they, they came out of uh, Northern California a few years ago with the Draco GTE. This car right here, a one point two million dollars hypercar. Uh, it, it was a cool car. It's just that it was based on the Fisker Cam- Karma chassis. Uh, so it had a lot of limitation. Like the interior was had the same problem as the original Fisker Karma. Like it was kind of uh, busy and not that much pace. But what it was really, it was uh, a test bed for, for their, their powertrain that, uh, that Draco has been, have been uh, developing. A very impressive powertrain. I got to, I didn't get to drive it. I just had to, had the test ride in it with Valentino Balboni. The legendary uh, Lamborghini uh, test driver. We uh, had a lot of fun on the test track with it because they, they have a, a very powerful quad motor 
powertrain that uh, is very flexible in terms that uh, it has a range of 225 kilowatts output and input. So this very quick, very powerful region, very powerful uh, motor, one for each wheel. So the torque control was just insane of the car, like insane torque vectoring uh, that allows and also torque vectoring. I don't know if it's a still the term is still applies for when you region, but basically turns the car into a rail gun. It just sticks to the track uh, with incredible traction and uh, and adjust adjust the torque on, at each wheel depending on what you're doing, uh, which makes it like a rail gun. Not only when you're gunning it in a straight line, but also when you're cornering. Uh, very impressive powertrain. So when I saw that car, Draco said one point two million dollars. They said we're gonna do two dozens of them. I was like, okay, this is like a nice toy for the rich, but when I started to learn more about the powertrain that they're developing, I'm like, okay, like they, they, I think this is more like a super expensive test bed to build that powertrain, and they're going to release another vehicle after. And this is it. Uh, I had to do my little wordplay with uh, Bruce Lee, enter the Draco Dragon. Uh, that's where the, the, the Draco Dragon enters. The, uh, it all has all the benefit of like they're trying to drive, they call it the Drive OS quad motor powertrain. So, it has the same powertrain. Well, I'm sure they have improved on it a little bit since uh, the GTE. But they, um, they are putting it in what they're calling like a, a, a luxury hypercar SUV. So as you can see from the teaser image, it's an SUV. Uh, it has even gullwing doors, though it's a pretty sleek SUV. Like it's, uh, it's not that high, like almost some people would call it a CUV. Uh, designed this time, they designed from the ground up, so no limitation with the chassis. By uh, that's another name that I'm gonna miss up. Uh, Lawi Vermeerch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's uh, he, he's the guy behind uh, Pin, Pin, uh, what's the Italian company? Pinferina. Pinferina. Uh, he was the head designer there for a while. He designed the Lightyear One. But the, his big uh, car, like the, the uh, Ferrari FF, Ferrari 458, Maserati Grand Cabrio, those are like very famous car that he, he designed. Um, he designed this uh, this Draco Dragon too. Uh, we again, we we don't see the whole car yet. Uh, so it, what 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 Draco told me is looks like they are aiming for a full unveiling later this year, and at that point they're gonna release also pricing information. Though they did say that the, it is competitively priced this time, so don't expect a one point two million price point. Don't expect it to be cheap either, because it's a competitively try uh, uh, price with super SUV segment. So, so uh, what quarter million? Yeah, I, I tried to Google like what is a super SUV segment. Like, is there is because you know people it's are like a Lamborghini of, SUV. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's what I thought. I thought okay, at least so I, there's no one really considers like there's no clear hyper like super SUV segment. But I would assume that the Lamborghini Urus is is probably the gold standard there. Like since Lamborghini does a, a, an SUV, and that starts at two hundred twenty thousand uh, dollars. So I would expect something between that and like maybe three or. Maybe but higher than three hundred thousand uh, dollars. I don't think it would be very competitively priced. But look at the specs: over two hundred miles of top speed. So I'm gonna be competing with the Mola Splat. Uh, zero uh, quarter mile in nine seconds. Uh, so that's competitive with the with the with the Plaid, even though it's an SUV. Sixty miles per hour in one point nine seconds. Again, competitive with the Plaid. This is uh, quite insane specs. 
So yeah, we're gonna check that out later this year when it comes out. What when it's unveiled. Looks good. All right, the Chevy Silverado. Uh, we haven't heard much of the car since they announced it last year. Uh, this is the car, the truck. Uh, much needed vehicle uh, to compete to uh, make the segment a little bit more competitive because for the foreseeable future, it's uh, just everything is sold out. The, this, the, when this, I think when the Silverado and when the Cybertruck reach volume production, that that's when I think the U.S. market for EV market is really going to be its, its true self. It's just going to reach some kind of maturity. It won't be this this little ramp up anymore. Uh, Because once they reach well in production, we, we're going to get through like the, the backlog of every of those cars. Uh, maybe, maybe not the Cybertruck because that's an insane backlog. But uh, and maybe not even those, but maybe not even the F-150 and, and the, the Silverado. But F-150 has a big 200,000 vehicle backlog. But that, those are reservation. And I'm hearing a lot of people like cool down once they get to talking to their dealership and the dealership starts talking uh, Stop talking MSRP and start talking actual like sales price. So I'm I'm I still think that they're gonna sell everything they get, but uh, I think they're gonna work to that backlog a little bit faster than uh, they might expect. But with the Silverado reaching full production, probably around 2024, F-150 is gonna be there. Cybertruck is probably gonna be 2024. That's when the ramp up is gonna happen. I think that the US EV market is gonna start looking real interesting at that point. Uh, so yeah, this uh, just a quick teaser. This little video that they posted. They're getting really good at drip dropping uh, info. Oh, GM are the best with that. They 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 do like 20 teaser per reveal. I mean, that's <laughs> that was nothing. <laughs> But yeah, what do you want to do? Uh, Hey, people, yeah, people are in line to get this thing. So. Yeah, I mean, that was a popular post. Like, people wanted to see that. And I, I get yeah. it. People are excited. Like, my dad has a reservation of one of those. Like, other people are excited about the, the Silverado Electric. Um, for good reason. Uh, I mean, the Ultium uh, system looks to deliver good performance. So what about in the pickup truck? That That's not the, the Hummer EV. Uh, which is not for everyone. Kind of a, a stentatious truck. Yeah, and the, uh, the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning is kind of built on Ford's old... Not old, but like they're, yeah. they're current. So this yeah, is they just different. they delivered that, and they were then they, they already started teasing the next generation of it. That oh, the next generation is going to be the real fun one. I was like, yeah, okay. I was kind of excited about this one. <laughs> yeah, well, they can kind of do that now that they have like reservations yeah. for five years. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, should we get to the comments? Yep. Let's get right in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, wait for a Blackbird EV. I guess I think this was on the uh, Cadillac area. Blackwing. Yeah. yeah, it's a Blackwing. Yeah, that's what he means. All right, uh, Jimmy Stack from Facebook. What is the range and battery size? So we talked we, we about that know. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, J Hill Autopilot shuts off very frequently on winding road when car approaches. So uh, you mean uh, like a, a two lane road, but one lane each way? Uh, well, that's not where Autopilot is supposed to be used anyway. Like they have a lot of limitation on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just not what it meant for. Like if you have FSD beta, that's what it's meant for. I haven't had any problem with FSD beta d doing that, but that's that's a different stack anyway. All right, uh, Bubble Elvis says the Lightyear Zero has four in-wheel motors. <clears throat> What's your opinion on in-wheel motors for cars? Uh, we see them often hub motors on e-bikes. 
Um, also, the Aptera, another solar car, has in-wheel motors. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, my understanding. I've never been a big fan. Like, uh, like when Nordstown was doing it, I was like, uh, I thought it was a very bad idea. Lightyear, Aptera, it makes a little bit more sense if the because of the efficiency and the if they are so limited in terms of weight. Uh, so there can be some weight gains with in-hub uh, motors, and also uh, in case of the Aptera specifically. Lightyear probably a little bit too, though it's a it's more of a car than the Aptera. Uh, you have a problem with space on the inside, so you take out the motor, you put it in the wheel, you get some space. Uh, so it, it makes more sense for what Lightyear is doing from what Aptera is doing, but I still think it's a bit risky because you're literally putting a critical part of the powertrain inside uh, one of the flimsiest part of a vehicle, which is the wheel. Uh, so, like, do your wheel gets beat up? Yes, I don't know if you've ever been in uh, Quebec or uh, uh, Mexico or places like that, but the potholes, New, uh, New York too, like every, everything that has like, a hard winter and some corruption when it comes to construction, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, have, uh, you have bad potholes and I, it hurts my heart when I hit them with my 20-inch on my Model 3 that costs like 4,000 bucks. Yeah, I also can imagine like, if there's a motor in it. Like, you know, do you have alignment issues? Like, you know, when you go get your alignment done, do they, uh, do they, question. it's brings up some questions for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jay Hill says, will layoffs of labelers, that's the, uh, full self-driving labelers, slow delivery of full self-driving. So what, uh, Mr. Hill is referring to here is the fact that Tesla laid off about 200 people that work at the San Mateo office, which, uh, looks like it was mainly, I did a few LinkedIn search about it and looks like probably like 80, maybe even 90%, uh, where, uh, data annotation expert and, and, and labelers. So they label, uh, objects and, and areas and, and, and region of a video, uh, to feed it into the neural net system with accurate data instead of just, uh, uh randomized data. And that was a big important part for Tesla for the program because yeah. the, the, the good data, like Tesla has a ton of data, but you have to make it a good data to have a, a positive impact on the neural nets. So there's two school of thought here in terms of how it affects the delivery of uh, full cell driving. Uh, the more like obvious one is that, oh, this is not good. This is fewer ends on deck. Uh, this is going to slow down the rate of data Tesla gets. It's not going to be good. And Tesla has been on a big push to hire some of them. Like just, just last year, they hired like a thousand of them. And the year before that, there was like 2000 role for labelers uh, open at Tesla. Uh, so this is a real concern. Now, for the more optimistic people, the way they look at it, so Tesla has been working on a lot of auto-labeling tools, so the, a system that learns to label the data and, uh, automatically, because uh, it, it is a painstaking job. Like it's, it's just it's very tedious. It's not uh, it, it, it's not fun. So to be able to to automate it is a, is a big deal. And uh, in in the last few months, Tesla has been like releasing a few things, talking about the uh, auto-labeling tools. So some people believe that Tesla felt like they could lay off those labelers because of that uh, new tool that is being so good now. So that's the the optimistic theory around it. I don't know if it's true. Yep. Not sure. Mm. Maybe. All right. Uh, Jay Hill, I find the use of air conditioning in Vermont cuts mileage by 23%. 2021 Model S. 
do you think this is normal? First of all, air conditioning in Vermont, that's, that's pretty opt- optional. Like, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't get that hot ever. I'm here now. It's not that it's, it's 80. Anyway. 22% of what you, what, what you think 22%? That seems way high. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, it doesn't seem way high to me. It just seems a bit hot. I would think maybe closer to 15, 20%. That that is more reasonable, I think. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe try a filter t- or whatever. You know, try a t-shirt, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, will Cadillac add a market demand fee? I think that says. Oh, okay. Uh, will, will they mark up the vehicle over MSRP? Um, what do you think? I would assume that yes. Thank you. Uh, Chevy's been pretty good about keeping the dealers in check, but I don't know. I don't know how Cadillac dealers are going to be. Um, you know, they'll probably do like, Hey, do you want, you know, a new color? That's going to be, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the dealers are going to do to be honest. Certainly they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, speed are the tires rated for on the plaid? I think he's talking about the default tires. Yeah, the the stock tires are, are. I think they are not the super pilot pros. They're just the pilot pros, uh, and uh, I don't think that they're rated for ton of miles per hour. All right. Uh, about the unlocked plaid, is it me or could they have gone even faster if the runway was longer? Uh, the answer is yet yeah, though. I don't like the way that uh, Guillaume was talking about it. I don't think it was just that concern of the like braking space. Uh, he also, I think, like, got because the goal was to reach 330 or maybe 340 uh, kilometers an hour. And he got up to three, uh, fifth, almost 350 at 348. And uh, this is his car. He's in it. <laughs> it's going fast. It's really not fast. supposed to go that fast. Uh, like, there's, there's yeah, a lot of small things that play. Like, small things could go wrong that would be very, very bad at that yeah. speed. The way he was talking after the fact it made it sound like he felt the need to, because uh, he still had a, like a, a good a good amount of braking space, but turns out that he needed the whole amount too. But he felt like he needed two brakes or to yeah. And Tesla Tesla's only ever promised two hundred miles per hour, so that's sixteen over what Tesla's even, you know, hoping to get to. Yeah. Uh, the McMurdy Spurling Electric Fan Card dethroned an F1 car at Goodwood. I think we actually wrote a story about that. Had to become the fastest car there. Yeah. Um, it was a weird-looking car. I've never yeah, seen that one before. And he had child seats in the back, apparently. Uh, no, that's uh, Sylvain here is referencing to uh, the, the Model S. The plot. Uh, yeah. Did he really? And that, no, he didn't. Uh, yeah. he, he removed them right before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Sylvain, Sylvain would know, but he, Sylvain works for uh, uh, not for Nginx, I think, but uh, Guillaume's other company. He's a he's a great electric vehicle technician. Um, but yeah, yeah, he joked about that that there they was trial seat in it, but he did remove them before the fact. But uh, honestly, I think he would have still achieved that speed probably with I don't know how much weight uh, a child seat has, but it's not that much. All right, real quick, Ionic Six, Doper Nope. We probably had few minutes to talk about that earlier what do you think in one word dope or nope i'm okay with it <laughs> uh 
I, I wouldn't like look. Uh, I will. Re- I will keep my judgment until I see it in person or something. I see a, a, a video of it or something. Uh, there probably already are videos out there, I guess, of like B roll or something. Uh, but the pictures, I'm just. I'm not mad at it. I'm just. It's not. It's not my thing. I'm gonna say dope. I like. Yeah. Uh, I like something unique. A uh, and you know, not super weird. So mm-hmm. dope. All right, question. Do you think the VW ID Aero will finally push EVs into the sedan space and threaten the Honda Accord Civic and Toyota Camry Corolla? Depends on the price they plan, I suppose. Yeah, it's still an early concept. Well, not that early, but uh, uh, yeah, VW is pretty good about their ID concept. But I don't know, man. I, I, that, the market has clearly shifted toward crossovers and, and um, SUVs. I don't know what would bring it back. I don't think the Ario is, is going to be enough to bring it back. It's just it's just where the market went, especially in North America. Yeah. And in, in, in Europe, you see a lot more sedan. I think, so I, I thought the Ario was probably more geared toward the European market. I don't know what it's going to take here for uh, for Americans to give up their pickups and, and crossovers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoy driving uh, my Model 3. Um, let's see. Uh, a friend drove a Chevy Bolt on Uber. Very good return. Yeah, that's, you know, kind of moving out of the gas model is fantastic. Um, yeah, I I actually, a lot of them in LA. There used to be a, a, was it called Maven? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, the the same thing that Ertz is doing with Tesla right now. Right. But with, uh, with Bolt. Seemed like a great idea. GM killed it. Uh, wouldn't be surprising. GM kills a lot of good things. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, the Bolt needs to charge faster. I think the uh, Equinox is going to charge faster. Um, I just saw a car ad. I put it in the uh, Slack room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this, oh, was this, that a car ad? I thought it was like more like a... It was an like... email sent to me from a dealer because I'm trying uh-huh. to get a Bolt for my, my, uh, my mom and my... Like I had to sign in, you know, sign up for a couple uh, dealers. So now I'm getting a bunch of spam. But this guy had like a lot of things to say about the Equinox. So I thought it was interesting. But uh, he said it was going to charge faster. It was going to have a bigger battery, all that stuff. All right, moving on. We're pretty close to the end here. Um, let's see. Oh, I guess we're not close to the end. A lot of conversations. Yeah. Those what? What's under the inexistent frunk of the lyric? So we did a kind of a funny video you can see on our, uh, I think, Instagram. Uh, there's not, there's just a bunch of like, you know, uh, yellow wires and inverters. And uh, I think it's in there probably a few minutes. But basically, there's just a space. And when we talked to the GM engineers, they were like, yes, we're going to put a frunk in there. And probably like next year, the year after you can see there's a bunch of space in there. We just haven't like cleared out the space and we don't have the the design done for it yet. But you can clearly see there's room for some stuff, like a small frunk already. Uh, oh, there it is. On. Yeah. So oh, well, we kind of, he's already closing it down. Wait a minute. We kind of pretended there was a frunk and put it back back in it. Yeah. Here. Here you can see. Yeah. That. I keep missing it. That's right. 
Yeah, I mean the the Cadillac would have yeah. been a great like late prototype. The fact that mm-hmm. this thing is what's being delivered, probably not the best, but it's still a good car. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh Miracor XR four TI. I think he's talking about the uh the uh Ionic six. There's nothing wrong with the Miracor XR four TI. When I was a kid, that was the car I wanted. <laughs> so deal. All right, Jed Anderson, is there anything to the rumors that Tesla has considered building a factory of some sort in Edmonton? That is in the middle of nowhere, and it gets cold there. Yeah, so Alberta is like an oil state. It's not really like a (laughs) welcome to electric vehicles. But, but, I mean, I reported like a few weeks ago about the the, the rumor about Canada. Like, well, not, not a rumor, but Elon saying that they're considering sites in Mexico, Canada on top of U.S., uh, but not I've never I'm not, I haven't heard anything specific about in Mountain or Alberta at all. All right, that's pretty much the last mm-hmm. question. All right. Um, Sylvain said that uh, Hugo was not a guy that worked at Nginx. Uh, says that the, the that attempt was the sixth fastest top speed of all time for a production car. Really? Yeah, and uh, first for production electric car again production you have to be careful when you say production i'm like what's the navara do uh yeah navara is definitely faster i think it's uh 220 uh it's not that much faster though honestly Uh, though i don't know if they ever reached they ever like they say uh, i don't know if anyone has ever like done it there's also a bunch of cars that claim it but they are like they're not there really like they don't they don't do it but there's a there's definitely like a handful of like hyper car that that have rated uh, top speed that are higher than 220 even to even 300 i think but like production also it depends on what you mean by production car like the bugatti uh, i don't even remember with bugatti as a 330 like kilo, miles per hour top speed but like they made like two of them or something is that a production car i don't know but anyway it's still it's still impressive that's it for this week's episode of the electric podcast thanks a lot for listening if you do enjoy the show please give us a thumbs up a like or whatever app you're watching uh that uh improves the engagement and uh, tickles the algorithm and we're gonna see you same place same times uh next week